Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar, hail damage specialist, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations, south at 4501 South Congress, north at 8808 Research Boulevard, and new northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to ensure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at Casa at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Stay tuned for Love Talk with Evelyn and Van Davison. Love talking today about love and marriage. Thank you, Gavin. We are in studio today here. Uh, I am Evelyn Davison here at the bridge and... uh, this is Austin and Central Texas Christian Talk, and we're building bridges of love and leadership and understanding. And um, we're in a series right now on life, love, and marriage. And I am so blessed today to have our very special guest, Mr. Van Davison. Hello, Mr. D. Hello, Ms. D. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Uh, you're good. Huh? Got a little hairball this morning, but other than that, I'm fine. Well, somebody will talk about your wonderful broadcasting voice. Uh, we know who that is. Well, we, um, we're going to be talking today about how it is that um, love and life come together in marriage and how God blesses that. And you are the father of two boys, David and Danny, and you're the grandfather of four and the great-granddaughter of four. Grandfather, grandfather of four. Four and a half. Yeah. Uh-huh. At four least. and a half and three quarters. <laughs> yeah, our granddaughter Christina's expecting a girl, and she's going to name her Crosslyn. Her name is Christina Lynn, and she's going to name her daughter Crosslyn, and we're excited about that. But uh, we do want to uh, kick off the fall. This is our first uh, program in September, and we want to talk about God's plan, uh, as we always do. And uh, well, thank you for uh, for you know coming. Well, thanks for inviting me. You're welcome. 
Well, it's been a busy time. Uh, one of the special things we've done is what? <laughs> well, I've been working for two years on my journal. Uh, I've let a lot of my family, or all of my family, immediate family, pass away without getting a lot of information. I decided that I was not going to let that happen to my kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids. So I've been writing a journal for two years uh-huh. and uh, finished that this past week and uh, got it all together and published. And so, um, anyway, that's a burden. Well, solved. it's an exciting thing. And, you know, our new book came out uh, in January, and it's still on the market. It's spread in present across Texas. And it takes some uh, real commitment uh, and discipline to write. It's a lonely job, number one, and secondly, it's it's always something you have to go back and change four or five times. And by the time you read it two times or three times, well, then you don't see those errors any longer. But you, we also had a very special thing happen this summer. What was that? We were married how long? Sixty-four years. <laughs> what do we do on our on our honeymoon the first night? Uh, where did we have dinner on our honeymoon the first night? Excuse me. <laughs> we, <laughs> we had a hamburger, and then we stopped in Orange, Texas, and uh, uh, got a motel. And uh, uh, well, you know, <laughs> that, it was hot then because we didn't have air conditioning, and. Uh, but the other thing that um, that was so exciting about that was that you were in the Navy and you'd come home on leave. And uh, we had dated three years, but how long have you been married? Sixty-four years. Yes, I have to be reminded <laughs> <Yes>. of that. <laughs> when we, we went out to dinner uh, on uh, this anniversary, we went to one of my favorite places, Macaroni Grill, and the maitre d' followed us out and he said to me, he said, I have never known anybody in my life that's been married 64 years. Yep. But we went on an um, anniversary trip a number of years ago on our anniversary. And what happened the night that we got there when the program director began to, to play games and give away prizes? She asked, who Uh-oh. was there on a pre-honeymoon? Who was on a honeymoon? Uh-huh. Who? No, they uh, wanted to know who had been married the longest and... Uh, the lady down in front of us uh, just kept jumping up and down. She had been married 57 years, and at that time we'd been married 61. So it kind of deflated her balloon, and <laughs> they gave us the bottle of champagne and the uh, chocolates and, and all. And then uh, we heard about it every time we uh, uh, got in the line to go eat just about because uh, they were sh- kept showing it on the screen outside on the deck, and uh, people kept coming up to us and said, I just can't believe you've been married that long. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that she asked that night was, do you have a secret? What did we say? Well, we said, uh, Evelyn said she wasn't perfect, and I said I wasn't per- perfect, and then Evelyn said, but we're perfect for each other. With God's help. Yeah. And that's so true. It, you know, 34 years in dating three, that means we've, we've known each other really well for 67 years. Right. That's a long time. Right. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, what we want to talk about today. Uh, Let's talk about how, what your life was like as a child, as you grew up. Where were you born? Born in Lufkin, Texas, and uh, Paul at 311 Paul Avenue, and an old house that had uh, so many air holes in it that it was unreal. And every time it rained, we had to get all the pots out to catch all the drips of water. 
from the leaky roof. Where were you in the birth order in your family? I was the baby. Baby. Yep. Only boy. Uh, only boy. Uh, my sisters uh, came in whenever I was uh, there in the bed and and wanted to know if they could keep me. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, it uh, they just were excited about this little brother, but little did they know what was coming. <laughs> you gave them a, a real hard time. They were much older than you, and so it, I know that was. Uh, oh, you know, one of the things that we want to um, talk about is. Um, you know, what life was really like during that time. Your dad was uh, older. He was in what, World War One. Your dad was in World War One. Yeah, um, uh, we, uh, we, I, I didn't realize it until I was just almost grown that we were really dirt poor. Really? Uh, my, my dad had a good uh, occupation. He was a pharmacist, but, uh, uh, during World War One, he was marching and, uh, uh, had a, uh, attacked appendicitis and tried in to get the him army? in the army. They tried to get him to let him stop, and they wouldn't. And his appendix ruptured, and uh, they put him in a ward to die uh, with about five other guys. And this one nurse kept taking care of him, and my dad pulled through, and uh, uh, that was a miracle. And then the, the thing is, the good thing that happened from all that was, uh, it, well, it wasn't good for the guys that went overseas, but. They sent his whole unit to France, and um, the first week that they were over there, they were gassed and killed. Mm. So <laughs> by my dad being in the hospital, he didn't make that trip. And uh, if he had made that trip, I wouldn't be here today. Oh, and I wouldn't have my sweet honey. And there you go. <laughs> well, you all didn't live in uh, Lufkin until you were grown. You moved where? Well, we moved to Die Ball when I was 12 years old. And, uh, uh, what was like life in a small town like that? About what, 3,000 people? 3,500, 3, I think, including all the dogs and cats and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Die Ball was a, that was the greatest thing that ever happened to me growing up, uh, was moving to Die Ball, Texas. It was a small town. Uh, your folks didn't look for you in the, at night until the street lights came on, what few street lights we had. Um, but uh, it was a place where the parents didn't have to worry about their kids. Um, we spent a lot of time in the woods. The woods wasn't very far from our house. And uh, um, we uh, we had some great, great times. We had a lot of good swimming holes in the creeks and ponds and so forth and, and down fishing, at the Nature's huh? River. Um, and fishing. And fishing, uh, we uh, we did a lot of fishing when I was a teenager. We uh, uh, would load up in a friend's pickup and go to the river with a blanket or a sleeping bag and set out trot lines and uh, run them all night and had a good time. Well, life was good then. Uh, we moved. My family moved to Dibal, uh when I was. Uh, a freshman in high school, my dad was with Beauvais Engineers, and they were rebuilding that plant and building a lot of new things there. And it was a major change from us. Uh, for me, it was at that time. Uh, but I want us to take our break, uh, Gavin. We come back. I want to talk about how it is that God began to move in your life as a young man uh, when you went off to college and the Korean War work uh, broke out. So stay with us. We'll be right back with Van Davison and his love story right after this. 
Ellis and Salazar Garage and Body Shop. At Ellis and Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellis and Salazar for over 55 years. Ellis and Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations. South at 4501 South Congress. North at 8808 Research Boulevard. And New Northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellis and Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to insure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com Stay tuned for Love Talk with Evelyn and Van Davison. Love talking today about love and marriage. Welcome back to Love Talk. We are in studio today with one of my favorite people in all the world and that's my husband Van Davison. We're talking about what it is that God does in your life when you commit your life to Him, to the Lord Jesus and pray and expect Him to care for you and to provide those things that you need. And so we talked about your growing up in Lufkin, Texas, and then moving uh, down to Dybal. What was Dybal? Uh, what kind of town was that? It, it was a company. It was. A, we were a small uh, independent school district, and uh, like I say, about 3,500 people in town. Um, it, the... Uh, the the great thing about it being a small school, you were able to participate in everything, and uh, uh, it was just a great place to live. We had seven mill ponds that were stocked with fish, and you could just go over there and fish to your heart's content and um, catch your dinner or whatever. Um, but um, Dybal was a great place to grow up. How did we meet? Oh, uh, I think we had a little dirt fight as, as you were uh, crossing the railroad track in front of our house, and uh, uh, you and your brother, and uh, uh, we were throwing clods of dirt back and forth. Of course, we were just kids then, 
And uh, I think I threw one that had a, a rock in it that hit you, and you told me that you were going to whip my butt. And I believed it, and I still believe it today. Oh, you're funny. You are so funny. You make life really interesting. Well, I, I, growing up in a small town um, like Dabal, uh, was a blessing for us because we could walk wherever we needed to go and just had lots of activities uh, at our church and uh, at, at school and, and town. Uh, as a child, I, I mean, it's younger than that. I lived in Cleveland, Texas, and it was during World War II. And uh, we, um, my dad was drafted into the Navy. And it was really... Uh, uh, time of terror for me and but the, even good things happen in Cleveland we they put an 18 wheeler out on Saturday uh, two trailers and we sold war bonds but we didn't do that when the Korean War started um, you went off to Sam Houston and I was in Lufkin in college and what happened in Sam Houston if well, you were there? <laughs> well, I went one semester to Sam Houston, and uh, I worked in the college carpenter shop and uh, made 50 cents an hour. And uh, I could buy uh, uh, two meals at the cafeteria for 50 cents each. And I went by the coffee shop at the drugstore uh, in the morning and bought a cup of coffee and a donut for a, a, a dime, a nickel apiece. And... Um, so, uh, you know, it was pretty tight just making it on that. And uh, uh, my roommate and I from Die Ball, uh, uh, we rented a, a room in a house, a uh, private home, and uh, uh, we paid $10 a piece per month. <laughs> but anyway, when that, sem- when that semester was over, I, j- I was broke. And uh, the Korean War got hot and heavy, and the draft uh, they drafted you immediately when you were 18 and a half um, because there was just all the guys were gone. They were all gone to the service. And, um, you know, when I, I ended up going, tried to get in the Air Force, and it was frozen, the enlistments were frozen because they had so many people that were joining. And uh, so I ended up joining the Navy with five guys from Nacogdoches, Texas. And... Uh, uh that was an experience and uh, uh anyway i i then when i came back from the navy uh 4 years later i went back to college at Stephen F Austin and got my degree there uh but you know uh <laughs> for an 18 year old from Dyball, Texas immediately went to Japan after training and uh, but uh more important than that happened in the meantime. Well, <laughs> we got married on boot leave. But uh, anyway, then uh, I ended up going to Japan to catch the USS Tortuga and got there about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, checked the port list. My ship had left that morning for the States. Uh, they reassigned me to Na- uh, Naval Beach Group 1, which was made up of an underwater demolition team, boat unit beach masters, and Seabees. And uh, we were at Camp McGill, Japan, which was about nine miles out of Yokosuka. First thing they did was ran me through a supply line and issued me an M1 carbine, a 45 automatic pistol, a sleeping bag, lots of cold weather gear, a helmet. And uh, I said, you guys have got me mixed up with somebody else. I'm in the Navy. And they said, yeah, but we're fixing to go back to Korea for another big landing like the Incheon landing, which they were involved in. 
And so we kept that uh, all that gear packed by our bunks for 60 uh, days, supposed to be on a six-hour alert to go to Korea. And I prayed every night that we wouldn't go to Korea because I joined the Navy to stay out of Korea. And uh, I figured four years in the Navy was better than uh forever dead six weeks in out of boot camp on the battlefront you know this is uh just this last month last month um we had the 70th 70th anniversary of the dropping of the bomb uh you that was one of the experiences you had when you arrived there right yeah, we uh, they dumped us. They had a boatload of Marines going to Korea, and they figured they needed them worse there than they needed us in Japan. And so they dumped us down in southern Japan, uh, and uh, then we rode a coal-burning train up to Yokosuka. Well, the, before dark the afternoon we got on the train, um, they stopped and told us all to get off the train and we did and stood along the rail siding and they uh said you know we wanted you to see nagasaki (laughs) nagasaki looked like a plowed field as far as you could see and there was nothing standing uh and i guess the reason was that was only six years after the bomb had dropped and uh, I guess the radiation was still there, and they couldn't do anything with it. But I got an email recently showed Nagasaki at night, uh, all the lights and the skyscrapers and everything. So uh, they've completely recovered from that. Well, after a couple of years back and forth to Japan, uh, we took up Habitat in San Diego. But before that, while you were in Japan, a really unusual thing happened with young men that were from Dybal in, in the area. Talk, tell me a little bit about that. Well, I uh, I started calling around. Uh, they had a wonderful um, telephone system in Japan. The armed services did. And um, I found a couple of guys from Dybal, and and then uh, we got to calling around and back and forth and ended up uh, five of us got together in Tokyo one weekend. And uh, one of the guys was from Haneda Air Base, which is now the Tokyo International Airport. And uh, we stayed out there and um, and then went to town every day and had a good time. Well, one of the things that, that I think is so unusual about that is that from a small town of 3,500 people, uh, God could move, what did you say, five or six young men? Yeah, the five of us that got together. But I saw, uh, I think I counted ten people that I saw from uh, either Dybal or Lufkin uh, while I was over there. There was a, a, a miracle event that came as a result of prayer during that time uh, when it was time for you to come back to the States and you decided to go visit uh, a friend who was on some kind of a, what, destroyer? Yeah, Bill Ferguson, who I played football with. uh, He, uh, well, first thing happened is a guy named Artis Lee Clark, who lived right across our back fence, um, got sent to the same outfit I was in. And so uh, I was due to come back to the States, and um, 
Artist Lee came over one afternoon and he said, uh, "Hey, let's go see Bill Ferguson tonight. He uh, his ship came in today in Yakushka." And I said, I can't go. Uh, uh, my Liberty card's been canceled. I've had a physical. I've had shots. Uh, you know, I'm grounded. I can't go anywhere. And uh, he said, oh, I know where the Liberty cards are over in the personnel office. So I'll get one, and, and I'll fill it out and sign it, and we'll go. So the only way we could get caught would be if we uh, uh, didn't make bunk check tonight. And... Um, so anyway, we took off and went to went over to the uh, fleet activities and got on a Liberty boat and went out to the destroyer tender, which uh, where his destroyer was tied up. And just as we went up the ladder, they announced that they were canceling all Liberty parties because um, there was a storm coming in, and um, they might even have to go out to sea. And uh, boy, my heart went through my shoe. I, I just I thought, man, there, there went our don't get caught by not being at bunk check. Uh, but anyway, we ended up spending the night on that destroyer, and uh, uh, the bunks were so close together that if to turn over, you had to slide out and turn over and slide back in. And uh, it didn't matter. I didn't sleep any that night anyway. I prayed all night that something would happen that that. All of that would work out, and we wouldn't get caught, and then I wouldn't miss the ship coming back to the states because it was supposed to. We were supposed to leave the next morning, but anyway, we finally uh, nine o'clock in the morning. They ran uh, uh, Liberty boats back in, and we got to the uh, gate where you went out, and the Marines weren't going to let us out. And finally, Artisley punched me and he said, "Let's go!" And we started running, which we ran along beside a bus and beat on the door, and it was the bus that was going to Camp McGill, and they opened the door, and while it was still moving, we jumped on, left the Marines in a cloud of dust, and uh, went out to the base and rode past the main gate and climbed over the fence at the CB uh, buildings and went up the fire escape to keep from going by the Master Arm Shack with our dress blues on, and uh, found the guy that did the bunk check and he, all that worked out. Huh? All that worked out, everything fine, and even other things that uh, we hadn't even thought about. How it all happened? worked out. Nobody knew any difference. The ship didn't leave that morning that when I was going to states on because of the storm, they couldn't dock. You know, God does answer prayer, and He takes care of His children, whether they're in the Navy or they're, you know, in Boy Scouts and. We uh, we are talking today about love and marriage and what it is that God does when we commit our lives to Him. What Jesus does uh, when when marriage is uh, solidified and it is uh, based on the way that He guides us and we allow Him to guide us. We need to take a back, uh, take a break. Want to come back? Uh, there was a really unusual event that happened in your life after you came back and. You were in college at SFA. We live back in Lufkin with your dad again. And I want us to talk about that a little bit. Right after this, stay with us. Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson. 
and is packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call Good News Journal at 249-6535. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca, and they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. Stay tuned for Love Talk with Evelyn and Van Davidson. Love talking today about love and marriage. Welcome back to Love Talk. We are in studio today uh, with my mm, sweetheart, my hubby of 64 years, and we're talking about how it is through life, how important marriage is and how important love is and how God does prepare our hearts for that and take care of us and lead us and guide us when hard times come. And we've talked about, you know, uh, fighting a a whirlwind uh, storm to get back on the ship, to get back to the United States of America. And when you came back, we had two years in Japan, uh, I mean, two years in San Diego. And uh, about, was it about two years? No, that time we had three months, and I went back to Japan. Yeah, but when you finally got to the point where you'd served your term, we were in San Diego. Yeah, oh, been there a couple of two years. years. Yeah, and we had an opportunity to stay there and do some wonderful things, but your dad's health had, had begun to, to fall, and you felt like we need to come back home and that you'd go back to college and, and at SFA. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, I went back to SFA instead of Sam Houston because it was closer. It was there where uh, our folks, where my folks were. And uh, my dad was in bad health. And um, so anyway, I went to college at, at Stephen F. Austin. And uh, shortly after, uh, about the time that I signed up to get back in college, my dad uh, had a spasm of the arteries. And uh, uh, Doctor DeBakey in Houston uh, took out clots from his lung, from his heart, clear down to his toe on one leg, and um, circulation wouldn't go back below his knee, and they ended up having to take his leg off at the uh, at the knee, and then they took it off at the hip. And um, anyway, they um, they called us up to the recovery room and. Uh, the whole family, and we were gathered around the bed, and um, my dad had been out of it for about three weeks, so he didn't know what was going on. But anyway, the doctor talked to us there around the bed and told us that he only had less than 24 hours to live, that they had never seen anybody with gangrene above where they took the leg off there uh, to survive. 
I went down to the uh, uh, chapel in the Veterans Hospital in Houston. Uh, there wasn't a soul there but me. And uh, I got out on my knees and I prayed that the Lord would let me have my dad for a little longer because I'd been uh, in, the, in the Navy for four years and been away from him and hadn't been around him. And uh, uh, my dad uh, lived, uh, he, he lived over that deal. And uh, the doctors told my mother to bring him back if he was still alive in six months. He went back on uh, in a wheelchair. And they, they were just astounded, and uh, they, they told her to bring him back at, at the end of the year if he was still alive. And uh, he went back on crutches, and he lived 12 years. Mm-hmm. So the Lord definitely heard my prayer that day. Yeah. You know, that's important, uh, honey, because so often we just think we run our life. We can make things happen. But uh, things come into our lives at a time when we really do need to. I focus more on his plan for our life and the things he has for us to do. Uh, you know, after college, we moved to Houston for a long time. We moved back to Lufkin, lived on a ranch over there, had horses and cows. And you went to work for a major corporation, and we were transferred to Austin. And that was not a fun time for me. Uh, I was not very happy. Well, the thing that sticks with me is you said, I don't know if we're going to Austin or not, because I don't know if Jesus lives in Austin. (laughs) You found out later he did. Yeah. But, you know, it was a major change for us. And uh, we we began to, after, I guess, about two years, to just find our place. And we started... uh, some neighborhood Bible studies and a number of other things. And um, but just begin to put a life together for our two boys uh, to be, you know, educated here in Austin and have the opportunities they probably would not have had over uh, in Lufkin. But on our 25th anniversary, we, we did a very special thing. That's what we're talking about is how it is you celebrate, how it is you recognize your need, and how the Lord does answer our prayer. Well, we went uh, uh, for our 25th anniversary. We went on a Holy Land tour with Dr. Ralph Smith from Hyde Park, and it was 44 of us. And uh, uh, we stayed uh, in Israel. We stayed about a week at uh, in a hotel up on the Mount of Olives overlooking the old city. And one night, uh, Evelyn and I uh, kind of struck out on our own and walked down through some alleys and uh, got down into the valley there that's between uh, the hotel and the, the old city and got to the Garden of Gethsemane. And at that time, uh, you could just walk right in. There was no gate or anything. Um, of course, the the where the rock that you always see uh, Jesus kneel by the night before uh, the crucifixion, um, that was in a church. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could see it through, you know, through the windows. And uh, but anyway, we stood there on a, a rock patio overlooking these uh, many, many uh, olive trees, two thousand plus year old olive trees that were still standing there. And it, it was just, just she and I and Jesus. He was there with us. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, I never felt anything like that in my life. You know, that was an experience for both of us. And uh, we were in a hotel up on the Mount uh, of Olives. And you look down over the Kidron Valley, 
up into the old city and the eastern wall, which is closed. And there are cross after cross after cross as that, that hill goes back up to where that was. One of the reasons there are crosses there is because the early Christians, first century Christians, when they died, they wanted to be planted because Jesus is going to return through the eastern gate. And they wanted to be planted so that they'd be the first one to greet him. But you know, when you think about that, you think about we've walked where he walked. He is so real in our lives, honey. And we know that whatever need we have, he is willing and able to fulfill that. And we're going to talk about a very critical time in our life. Uh, we, we need to take our break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what it is that God does and puts together to give us that life of love that we've been talking about right after this. Stay with us. Was your website built by a programmer or a marketer? It makes a difference, a huge difference. Think, marketing is a local boutique ad agency that builds websites around you, your business, and your customers. This approach is Y-O-U-centric. Visit thinkmarketingtexas.com to learn more. That's thinkmarketingtexas.com. It won't cost you to sit down and find out how you can have a website that looks fantastic while making you money. Come on, isn't it time to update your website? ThinkMarketingTexas.com ThinkMarketingTexas.com Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson and is packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call Good News Journal at 249-6535. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These CASA friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at CASA at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Stay tuned for Love Talk with Evelyn and Van Davison. Love talking today about love and marriage. Welcome back to Love Talk. We are in studio today here in Austin, Texas at the Bridge, uh, Central Texas Christian Talk at 1120. And uh, we are so glad you join us every Saturday and Sunday as we're able to talk about some of the things that God is doing the time in which we're living right now. And today I'm love talking with my husband of 64 years. <laughs> it's hard to say, man. Yeah, we just had that, though, a few days ago, so it's still all right. No, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, 
one of the things that's so exciting about living a Christian life, the Christian life, is to know that we're not in this alone. And we don't have uh, to meet the challenges or the needs that we have in our own strength. It comes through the power of God's spirit and God's love. Let's talk a little bit about a time in the year 2001 when God became really real in a very special time in our life. Well, uh, in 2000, George Bush was the speaker at uh, our National Day of Prayer, Governor's Prayer Breakfast. And um, uh, we had a, a picture that we wanted to uh, give to him. He um, yes, he had asked for it. Sure, uh, George Washington on his horse. Right. And um, anyway, uh, we wanted him to take that to Crawford rather than to um, Washington. And a friend of ours who is uh, on his staff had called us and told us the day that he was going to do that, that he was going to take the stuff to Crawford. Um, I took that picture down there and had to park way down at the foot of the hill, walk up the hill to the Capitol. This picture was uh, like three by four or something like that. And um, when I got up there, I had to sit down on a bench. I was huffing and blowing. When I got home and told Evelyn about that, <clears throat> she insisted that I go to our family doctor, and I did. And uh, he did an electrocardiogram, and, and uh, he said all this is do- doing is telling us that you're not having a heart attack right now. But he said, from what you've told me about your experience there, um, you're grounded until you can get a stress test from a heart doctor. And so I ended up going to Evelyn's heart doctor, and um, uh, he he did a stress test, and I flunked it big time. And um, so we set up a um, uh, catheterization uh, to see, you know, what, what my problem was. And uh, the catheterization, uh, they said that my uh, arteries looked like uh, you'd pinched a straw three or four times. And uh, they wouldn't even let me out of the hospital. And so uh, Archie Robinson, he said, um, do you know a, a heart surgeon? And I said, no, I don't know a heart surgeon. And uh, he said, well, uh, I'm going to go down to my office. That time he officed in the heart hospital. And... Uh, he said, I'll make some calls and see who I can get. Well, he was gone about 10 minutes and came back. And uh, he said, you know, you're not going to believe what happened. said, I ran into uh, Dewan in the hall, who's uh, he's the best in, in the area. And uh, he said uh, he had a cancellation for 7.30 in the morning, and I booked it. So I didn't have any time to think about that uh, heart operation. And uh, so uh, the, the next morning I went in for surgery. And it and, went really well. And um, uh, the nurse on the way to the operating room, she said, uh, I'm going to be with you all the way. Anything I can do for you? I said, lady, I'm freezing to death. And uh, so she stopped that uh, bed that she was rolling me on, opened uh, some cabinet doors on the, on the wall, and got some warm blankets out of there and put on me. I said, you can do anything you want to, be, to me now. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> I went on into the operating room, and, and 
I didn't know anything from then on. They'd given me some jaw juice before I left the uh, the room, and uh, I, I just went completely out. I mean, I'd had surgery one time on my nose when I was a kid, and they did it with ether, and I dreamed about uh, a, a water um, a pearl pool the whole time that I was out. But when I went out this time, I was out. I mean, it was just black. Uh, but... Anyway, after several hours, um, I came back to the room, and uh, I had a terrible pain in my chest. And uh, I told this six-foot-six nurse that I had, uh, he was a man, incidentally, <laughs> and um, I told him that uh, I just couldn't stand it, and he said, I'll fix that. He took a needle and put it into one of my tubes that I had, and um, it, it wasn't three minutes till the pain was gone, and I never had another pain after that. My my incision itched, but yeah. and I'd have to scratch down both sides of it, but uh, I never had another pain after that. Um, but anyway, I, I ended up, we came home in four days and, and thought I was coming home to get well, and they told me to walk. I tried to walk, and I'd walk to the next corner and get hold of the stop sign and and get my breath, and I'd walk to the next corner and get hold of the stop sign there. Well, anyway, and short of it, in nine days, uh, I had to go back to the emergency room. And um, I spent the day from about 11 o'clock in the morning until about 10 o'clock that night in the emergency room with about seven different doctors that told me I probably wouldn't walk out of there. Um, anyway, um, that that night, about 10 o'clock, they put me in an IC, uh, or CCU, they called it. And um, I don't think they expected to see me the next morning, but uh, I was there. And um, so there was lots of head scratching and, and um, uh, people wondering what they could do for me and for several days there. And it went on for a while, and... Um, we just, they had you in the CC, just a whole new unit all by yourself. And David, our oldest son, and I moved our offices in there with you. You were in there, what, 33 days? 32 days. 32 days. Mm-hmm. And every day they'd come in and say, we we're going to try this. And uh, But it, it just got to the point that um, um, there was not much else they could do. And so a lot of people had to pray. And so what did we do, honey? Well, you were you had moved your office down there into my room, and uh, we're trying to keep everybody up with what was going on uh, with me, and um, sending emails out. And one of the people that you sent an email to was Shirley Dobson with uh, National Day of Prayer. Uh, Jim Dobson, her husband, focus on the family. And uh, she, in turn, sent that email for request for prayer to her email list, which went all over the United States. And we got emails from everywhere. We got one from a little old lady in South Carolina, and she said, uh, we have 80 prayer warriors in our church, and we're praying for a guy named Van Davison. We don't know who he is, but we're praying for him. And I guarantee you it was prayers like that and other people that came and prayed for me. And uh, another Another person that came uh, was an old friend, Lewis Timberlake, who is an international speaker. Uh, Lewis and I have been friends for years, and uh, he came, and, and when I couldn't raise my head off the bed, he 
he stood by my bed and held my hand and prayed for me. There was a, a very special event that was going on uh, that, I guess, about the 30th day. I ch- was chairing a uh, National Day of Prayer uh, conference at Hyde Park Baptist Church, which is about three blocks from the Heart Hospital. And that morning at 3 o'clock, the uh, when we, I was supposed to start at 6 that night, uh, the hospital called, and they said that you'd had an episode. And um, so we talked a few minutes, and I asked him if I should come, if I should bring the boys. And, and she said, well, I don't know. I'll call you back. And so in a little bit, she called back, and she said, yeah, you all might better go ahead and come. Uh, but what happened during that time? You- well, before, uh, before that happened, uh, a nurse came in, uh, that night during the night with a smoking, uh, plastic pipe mm-hmm. and, and told me to breathe that. Mm-hmm. Well, that was what started it. I had a episode from that. Uh, I was allergic to it and, uh, I couldn't breathe. And, um, <laughs> I had, <clears throat> she wasn't my nurse that night, but I had an old Vietnam nurse, uh, that, uh, I didn't like, and I'll tell you why later. But anyway, um, she came in there and grabbed me by the head and slapped a, um, oxygen. oxygen deal on me and told me that it, to just hang on and we were going to get through this and to breathe. I said, I can't breathe. I'm dying. And, uh, anyway, she, <laughs> she wouldn't let me up and she held me with that oxygen deal. And uh, I made it through there. My dad had two miracles in his life. I had two miracles while I was at the heart hospital. Dad missed going to France during World War One because of a ruptured appendix. They were marching, and they wanted to, he wanted to stop because of that, but they wouldn't let him stop. Uh, so they he ended up in the hospital with a ruptured appendix. His entire unit went to France while he was in the hospital, and uh, they were all killed. Then in later years, he lived 12 years after doctors said he wouldn't live for six months. After 20 days back in the heart hospital, I survived a heart episode and was saved by an old Vietnam nurse. Then after 25 days and a barrage of x-rays, The lung doctor woke me up one night at midnight and really scared me. I said, if you woke me up to tell me about those x-rays, then I must be going to be a goner. He said, the clots in your lungs have disintegrated and the one in your heart has gone to the wall and you're going to be all right. I didn't sleep much the rest of the night. I wanted to shout to the heavens. But I was very quiet and thanked the Lord for my life. Thirty-two days after I entered the emergency room, I walked out of that hospital. I know that God heard prayers of a lot of folks, and he made me well again. Well, you know, um, that was an event that um, made a, a profound impact on our life. I went on down that morning, and... Um, you, they put you in a position where you couldn't move at all, and uh, you could talk. And we talked about the paraconference that was going on over at the church, and you encouraged me to go ahead and go and, and to kick it off because that was my job. I was the chairman coordinator. 
And that program that we used for praying was the acrostic P-R-A-Y. And so first, first, first uh, thing on that P is to praise God for where you are and that he is bigger than any problem you have. And so that was my message to start with for the conference. All day long that day, I went back and forth. And then finally, uh, that evening, uh, that Saturday evening at 6 o'clock, we we closed. And I had the closing message, which was on yield. Yield. And so I gave that message. And so after that, we went, uh, some of the intercessors went with us over there to pray for you. What was going on in your heart during that time, Van? Well, I I didn't know whether I was going to make it or not. Uh, I'd already <clears throat> they had already tried. <clears throat> they'd already wanted to put a feeding tube in me uh, because I couldn't uh, raise up to eat or anything. And and uh, you had brought the Vitamix from home. Uh, you didn't want any part of that feeding tube, and so you started using probiotic powder and fruit that the dietitian would bring every day to make smoothies so that you could put a glass down beside my head with a straw and I could uh, I could take that in and didn't have to have the feeding tube. But you know that that changed some policies they had, didn't it? The it, it did. They told us later that they they changed several policies uh from as a result of what you did uh during the time I was in there. But the most important thing is what God did. And when we look at our life today and we look back over all this that we've talked about today, uh, the most important thing I do believe, man, is that we have reared our children and we have lived under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And uh, and praying is, if you're going to pray, you praise God from whom all blessings flow. You repent for neglect or lack of faith. You yield individually and corporately. Uh, you ask God for his provision. That's what we did, and it works. Prayer works. And so, what you know, this the um, the journal that you've written the last year or two years gives great evidence of that. Uh, the new book that we wrote, Praising and Praying Across Texas, gives evidence of how, how important it is that we pray uh, over the things that are a part of our life and trust God for them. Uh, I want to thank you for being with us today. This has been a wonderful time of sharing. We want to get this on a CD for our children and our grandchildren. Is there a final word that you'd have for us today, Van? Uh, no, I, prayer counts. I guarantee you. You guarantee it because God guarantees it, right? That's right. He says, pray and I will answer you. And it's important that we do that. We would say again, thank you for joining us today. If you're interested in a copy of the Praising and Praying Across Texas book, you can get that at ndpaustin.org, shopping thing. Uh, if you want to talk to us about uh, prayer or something's going on in your life, we would give you our love line. It's uh, 512-249-6535. Uh, and uh, we'd be happy to take some time to talk to you. Also, we'd encourage you to pick up a copy of the Good News Journal. Uh, the July-August issue is out, and it's patriotic. And it, it has some wonderful stories about how God does work and how he answers prayer. So we just want to say thank you to you for joining us today and to say that we'll see you again and talk to you again about Jesus next week. Have a great week.